to John chapter 14. It's okay to have fun in church, amen? Or it's okay to have fun in the building. We are the church. John 14. We're going to look at, uh, to kick this thing off, 23 through 26. This message came to me when I was walking around praying in, in the Spirit and praying in this sanctuary. I know there's fire all over this. The Holy Ghost wants to get His point across. Amen? John 14, 23 through 26. Jesus answered and said to him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. He who does not love me does not keep my words. And my word which you hear is not mine, but the Father's who sent me. These things I have spoken to you while, you, while, while being present with you. But the Helper, say helper, helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, in the name of Jesus, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things I have said to you. Today I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. Don't fall asleep on me now. Don't fall asleep on me now. We're not done. We're just getting started. Amen? Specifically, I want to talk about the Holy Spirit as our teacher. Did you know the Holy Spirit is our teacher? The Holy Spirit is many things, and one of the main functions in the life of a, of a Christian is the Holy Spirit being a teacher. This is the difference between a Christian that's in dead religion who, or who's in a deep, powerful relationship with the Lord, who walks in the power of God. And the difference is this, the, your relationship with the Holy Ghost. Amen. He brings life. Amen. The Holy Spirit is the greatest teacher. He is the greatest instructor in the universe. See, a teacher is this, is one who instructs or imparts truth or wisdom in this life. Jesus said that the Holy Spirit would teach us all things. It wasn't some things. He said all things. That tells me this, the Holy Spirit is interested in every area of your life. The Holy Spirit, he said, would also bring all things to our remembrance. The Word of God. Jesus said he's going to bring to remembrance everything I said to you. Well, Jesus is the Word. John 1, 1, isn't he? So the Holy Spirit brings the Word of God to our remembrance. Now, here's what the Holy Spirit told me. You ready for this? Man, I feel like something's hovering right on my head right now. Man, the presence of God's so strong. A teacher will only make as big of an impact in the life of a person to the degree of the level of commitment of the student or person being taught. Say commitment. Where's the commitment in the body of Christ? Come on, somebody. This is the importance of not just being a believer in Jesus, but a disciple in Jesus. Say disciple. You see, here's the deal. If you're a believer in Jesus, guess what? Congratulations. You joined the ranks of, the, of Satan, of de demonic spirits, of the whole kingdom of darkness. That's all you've done. They believe in Jesus. But there's no love or commitment toward the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you following me? There's no love in them for Jesus. Jesus said, if we love him, 
we will keep his commands. Now, this tells me this. I love this. You ready for this? This tells me that Jesus' love language is obedience. Think about that. Jesus' love language to us is obedience to him. A disciple now, I've talked about this many times, but there's new faces, and I'm going to repeat things the whole time I'm here until I go home to be with the Lord. Are you hearing me? Because it's good that I bring these things to your remembrance. Listen, a disciple is defined as a follower or student of a teacher, a leader, or philosopher. That's the definition of it. A disciple is a follower. I like this though. A student. Say, I'm a student. Oh, yes, you are. We as Christians, from the moment we got born born again, are called to be disciples, not just believers. Jesus said, go out and make disciples. We got a lot of ministries that are making believers, but there's no discipling going on. We need commitment. You can only be a disciple if you're committed. And the Holy Ghost will only be as impactful as the level of your commitment to the Lord Jesus Christ. So if the Holy Spirit is our teacher, we are his students. Now, how many of you know life on this earth, our life on this earth, it's filled. We are constantly learning every day, right? We're learning something. We're learning how to be something or how not to be like something. And come on, somebody, right? That goes with anybody. Okay, you have a horrible boss? Yeah, well, you're learning how not to be. Now, that, this grinds me because I've worked for some bosses that were horrible. If you're a boss that totally cuts people down and you're negative all the time, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. And you call yourself a Christian. Come on, somebody. Come on. So we're constantly learning something. But here's the problem. Many Christians are filling themselves with knowledge about the world and things that really don't matter in eternity. And they neglect spiritual things from the Word of God. They neglect learning about the kingdom of God. You see, a disciple will want to learn about the kingdom of God. A believer? No, I got my fire insurance. I believe in Jesus. I got my one-way ticket to heaven. You think? Because Jesus said there's going to be some on that day that come to him and say, Lord, Lord, did I not do this? He'll say, depart from me. I never knew you. So he's looking for commitment. I, I don't know about you, but I don't want to be surprised on judgment day. Do you? You better start making that shift and commit to him today. Amen? Uh, so, like I said, the Holy Spirit is interested in every area of our life. You need help. He's the helper. You need help on your job. You need help with things in everyday life. What is it? You lost your car keys. Ask him to help you. What? A, yeah, right? Yeah. Someone lost their keys this morning. Now, I'm serious. The Holy Spirit is interested in every aspect. He's just waiting for that invitation. So someone is teaching us something all the time. We're learning something all the time. But are you learning the truth? Are you given place? Are you given access to the Holy Spirit? Or are you overdosing on the natural realm? Oh, come on. Are you overdosing on worldly things? 
that's polluting your soul. Jesus said this. Listen to this. He said, his words are spirit and they are life. The word of God is spiritual and it brings life to you. Amen. The only truly beneficial thing that we're going to ever learn on this earth is this, the Word of God. And it's the most neglected thing. This is the only beneficial thing that we're ever going to learn on this earth because it shows us, it's our instruction book, B-I-B-L-E, Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. B-I-B-L-E, Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. Jesus said this. The Word says this. The entrance of the Word of God gives light. The more Word you have, the more light comes off of you. Come on, somebody. It blesses, it impacts every area of our life. And the only person that can teach us perfectly, completely, that truth is the Holy Spirit. Yet the Holy Spirit is the one is so neglected in many Christians' lives. Yay, he's neglected in many churches, local churches. Amen? Now, so the Holy Spirit is the perfect teacher. Now, here's the thing you got to understand. The Holy Spirit has anointed what we call the five-fold ministry gifts. Say five-fold. And that's apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Okay? And, and they instruct, and the Holy Spirit anoints them to teach and instruct and all these things. But here's what you've got to be careful of. Someone might have a call into that, but there's times, listen to me, there's times when the person puts their own fleshly spin on it. This is the importance of you and I knowing the Word of God for ourselves. This is the importance of having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. So when you hear something that ain't right, you feel something. Oh, God gave me this sickness. No, that don't seem right. Come on, somebody. Oh, God told me to go into that bar and get a drink. I mean, no, he didn't. I'm so, no, no, yeah, he didn't. No. See, a person can give themselves a title and not truly flow in that gift or calling. Are you following me? Now, Christians must know the Word of God. We must know the Word of God for ourselves. Say discernment. We need discernment. The Holy Spirit knows this. He's the best teacher in the universe. He knows how how to teach, how to instruct every single one of us perfectly. He knows how we learn best. Amen? How many of you know, we got, I don't know how many people in here, over 100 probably, but, uh, you know, we all learn differently. There's different personalities in this room. And the Holy Spirit knows how you learn best. Why? Because He created you. So I want to point out from John 14, it says that the Holy Spirit will bring the Word to our remembrance. A great teacher of the Word of God. You want to be a good teacher of the Word of God? Bring things to people's remembrance. Listen, the Holy Spirit brings those things to our remembrance because we lose our focus in the middle of that battle, in the middle of that trial, in the middle of whatever storm you're facing today. Listen to me. When your focus has shifted off of Jesus, off of the Word of God, the Holy Spirit comes and He reminds you of a promise. You ever have that before? Well, if you haven't, you're not tuning into the Holy Ghost because that's what He's trying to do. Amen? Now, you need to know this. I felt like I needed to throw this thing in here. Someone needs to hear this. You need to know this. The Holy Spirit is not just bringing that 
the promise to the word of the word of God. Uh, to our remembrance to make it fresh in our thought life and encourage you. There's an, actually another reason. You want to know what it is? He want, he's reminding you of that promise to verbally speak that promise over your life and into that situation. Go with me to Psalm 103. I want to show you something here. Hallelujah. The Lord has really been illuminating the topic of, of angels, of ministering spirits, and their function in the kingdom of God. Come on, somebody. The Holy Spirit wants to get something across to you here today about this. Look at this, Psalm 103, 20 through 21. It says, Bless the Lord, you His angels, who excel in strength, who do His word, heeding the voice of His word. Bless the Lord, all you His hosts, you ministers of His, who do His pleasure. Now, angels and ministering spirits heed or listen to the voice of God's Word. Say voice of God's Word. We give voice to the Word of God on this earth. Are you following me? We as Christians, we give voice. When we speak it, we're giving voice to the Word of God. It says that angels and ministering spirits, listen to this, they do God's, I love it, pleasure. Now, Here we go. The promises of God. Here's what you got to understand about this. Ready? The promises of God in his word are his pleasure for you and I. Now, you could put you could put the word will in the place of pleasure. If something's your will, that's your pleasure to do it. Is it not? Oh, come on, somebody. See, we get so stuck in these religious mindsets. Oh, it's the will of God. It's the will. Well, when you start changing that word from will to pleasure, now it has a whole new meaning on it. Now it's like, whoa, God takes pleasure in this. The angels take pleasure in doing the promises of God in our life. Listen to me. Follow me on this. When you believe and verbally speak the promises of God, here's what happens. It assigns and causes angels, ministering spirits, to get involved in that situation that's going on in your life. They want to do the promise that God made to you. Why? Because they do the pleasure of God. They fulfill the will of God. Are you getting this? Now, go with me to Mark chapter 11. The Holy Spirit brought Mark chapter 11, 20 through 24. The, the, I'm telling you, the topic of, of the angelic realm is absolutely amazing. See, we, we give all praise and glory to God, right? We're not worshiping angels or anything like that. But let me just say, a lot of times who you think is the Holy Spirit doing it, the Holy Spirit gave a command to an angel to help you with it. Are you following me? Now, that's pretty deep. Some people can't swallow that. They hear that and they throw it back up. What, what, do, you think, what do you think angels are doing? Angels are moving all the time. They're all over this building. I know that. And there's probably some sitting right next to you, strengthening all of you. Come on, somebody. When Jesus, it said after uh, Satan left Jesus, when he was tempted for, you know, in the wilderness, it said the devil left Jesus and angels came and ministered to Jesus. Have you ever read that in the Word? Has it ever made you think, think, what were they doing? What what do you mean minister? Does that spark any curiosity on the inside of you? It does me. Because I want them, whatever they did for Jesus, I want them to do for me too. 
Amen. Because we're living in a world where we need all the help we can get. We need the Holy Ghost. We need angels. We need, come on, everything the kingdom of God has, I want it. Why would you pass it up? Mark 11, look at this. Mark 11, 20 through 24. It says, now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. And Peter, remembering, said to him, to Jesus, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus uh, answered and said to them, have faith in God. Literally, that means have the God kind of faith, right? God spoke everything into existence. There's power in our words, amen? Especially when we come in agreement with the word of God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Whatever. Say whatever. Whatever. Again, I'm no English major, but whatever means whatever. That's a spiritual law Jesus has given us. He's saying you can have good come into your life with what's coming out of your mouth, or you can invite evil. It's up to you. You're the gatekeeper, he's saying. Verse 24. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask, when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So here's the deal. Are you ready for this? When we make a command in faith, you can say or you can pray. You can say or you pray. Come on, we got to do both. We got to be speaking the word and we need to be praying. Amen. When we make a command in faith without doubt in our heart, when we pray in faith without doubt in our heart, it is activating the angelic realm to bring that command or prayer to pass in the spirit realm. And because it comes to pass in the spirit realm, things are shifted in the spirit. It affects the natural realm. Now, the reason the mountain moves, the reason this situation shifts is because angels and ministering spirits are actively getting involved in that process. Oh, some of you, I know. I know. Listen, listen. I know. Again, here it is. Here it is. Listen, here. There's a lot of dead religion. There's a lot of dead religion that sometimes you just gotta gotta throw up, right? Well, I was raised in a Baptist church. <laughs> Well, uh, well, I was. Are you following me? We love our Baptist brothers and sisters, but I'm just talking about dead religion in general, right? So we got to get rid of this, these mindsets. Some of you, you know, think about it. Some people go 80, 90, 100 years living their life, and they never go into the deeper things of, of the kingdom. I'm, hey, I'm sorry. If you're, you're going to sit in that pew, you're going to go into the deeper things. You're going to. I'm not going to stay on the shore. I'm not going to stay on the surface level. It's boring. It's boring. I want more. That's just how God wired me. I want more. But I want you to notice this, that it hinders or cancels the request for angels to get involved when you have doubt. I said it cancels. Oh, it, it cancels the friend request. There, there, all the young people understand what I mean now. Oh, the younger generation knows. Look at me, minister to that younger generation. It cancels their assignment for that situation. So you got to understand this. You want to know spiritual truth? The spiritual realm is faith and voice activated. Don't ever forget that. 
the spiritual realm, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God, they are both faith and voice activated. All right? Now, so we have to rightfully divide the word of God, right? So we can ask amiss. The, the, James says, when you pray, you can ask amiss, amiss and not have prayer answered. We must pray in agreement with the will of God. The Holy Spirit spoke this to me. Ready for this? He said this. He said, angels and ministering spirits and every spiritual being in the kingdom of God is not obligated to fulfill your own desires or will. Listen. They are obligated to fulfill His pleasure and will. They will not move, listen to this, they will not move unless they are in agreement, you are in agreement with my word, which is my will, which is my pleasure. Are you following me? Now, let's get back to talking about the Holy Spirit as the teacher. For some, Someone needed to hear that. I'm telling you, it's important. It's important to know that you have the angelic realm ministering in your life. Amen? Amen. Now, so there will be times when you think about, when you meditate on a Bible verse or a topic, and all of a sudden, have you ever had this happen before? You're thinking about this topic, and all of a sudden, a a verse pops into your head. That's the Holy Spirit teaching you. That's the Holy Spirit trying to balance and divide the, the word of truth out. Are you following me? Listen to this. Another way the Holy Spirit teaches us is by taking something in the natural realm and giving us a spiritual lesson. He reveals a truth through something in the natural realm. Go with me to Jeremiah 18. Jeremiah 18. Let me show you something here. Hallelujah. We got to go deeper. We got to. I mean, in these last times, you're going to get eaten up and spit out by the devil if you don't know what, what's available to you as a Christian. You've got to know what's available. Every resource in the kingdom of God. we got to know these spiritual laws. Amen? Jeremiah 18, 1 through 6. It says, The word which came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Arise and go down to the potter's house, and there I will cause you to hear my words. Then I went down to the potter's house, and there he was, making something at the wheel. And the vessel that he made of clay was marred in the hand of the potter. So he made it again into another vessel, as it seemed good to the potter to make. Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, O house of Israel, can I not do this, do with you as this potter, says the Lord? Oh, come on. Look, as the clay is in the, in the potter's hand, so are you in my hand, O house of Israel. Hallelujah. I love that. So the Lord used uh, a potter and clay to reveal to Jeremiah that how he molds, teaches, and instructs us in the ways of the Lord. Isn't that powerful? See, this is a very powerful way that the Holy Spirit teaches us. I don't know if you know this or not, but the Holy Spirit's very creative. Very creative. Someone was, I was talking to someone recently and they said, I can't drive down the road without getting some kind of a spiritual lesson from the Holy Spirit. Like the Lord's pointing something out to the side and the Lord said, well, don't you know that blah, 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 and, and, and connects it to the spiritual. The Holy Spirit's always taking it back to the spiritual. Say spiritual. When Jesus taught the parable of the sower, he was taking something from the natural to reveal a spiritual truth about the soil of our heart. 
and, and about the seed of the Word of God and how that functions, how that operates. Why do some, why do some people hear the Word, man, and they, they take it and they run with it and they're good. Man, they're committed. Why do some people get excited right away and then they just fizzle out? It's all about the soil of our heart. Isn't that awesome? He takes a, a something in the, in the natural and makes a spiritual lesson out of it. Now, <clears throat> so when the Holy Spirit teaches us in that way, it's a knowing. The best way to describe it is this. It's like a light bulb goes off on the inside. It's something that you weren't even thinking about. And all of a sudden, an idea just pops. Congratulations. You just got revelation from the Holy Ghost. Are you following me? You ever have that? You weren't thinking about it, but all of a sudden, boom, it was there. That you're hearing from the Holy Ghost. Uh, the knowledge of it is like a flash on the inside of you. So, you know, the Holy Spirit uses, he, he lives on the inside of us, so he gives us revelation. There's times also when, listen, I know some of y'all can't deal with this, but there's sometimes when an angel or a ministering spirit gives us revelation. You might not see it, but that might be the way that the Holy Spirit designed the revelation to come to you. You hear something from the outside. Angels don't live within you. The Holy Ghost lives in you. Are you following me? But you hear something from the outside. Are you following me? The Holy Spirit's inside. Angels minister on the outside. All right? So uh, go to Proverbs twenty twenty seven. Let me show you something here. We've got to go deeper. We've got to go deeper. Hallelujah. Now, so Proverbs 20, verse 27. This is another clue of how the Holy Spirit gives us revelation, enlightens us. It says, the spirit of a man, the real you. You know you're a spirit being, right? You're a spirit being that possesses a soul, mind, will, and emotions. And you live in an earth suit, physical body. The real you is a spirit being. All right? So the spirit of man is the lamp of the Lord, searching the inner depths of his heart. So our spirit man, it says, is the lamp of the Lord. Our spirit is the contact. You can say it this way. Our spirit man, the real us, is the contact point for the Holy Ghost. That is where he illuminates truth and revelation. That's where he helps us. That's where he's instructing us. We're going to go deeper. Go to 1 Corinthians 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Hallelujah. 1 Corinthians 2. I have a feeling there's going to be a visitor who's never been to this church before. You're going to walk away. You're going to hear something in this message and you're going to say, that's what, that's what I'm hearing. That's what's going on. Really? That's the Holy Ghost? Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. And you're going to become more in tune with the Holy Spirit. 1 Corinthians 2, uh, verse 6. However, we speak the wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they have known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, take hold of this, I has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love him. Notice it doesn't say who believe him. Oh, you see that? 
those who love Him. But God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, yes, the deep things of God. For what man knows the things of a man except for the spirit of man which is in him? Why? Because that's the real you. That's you. Even so, no one knows the things of God except for the Spirit of God. Now, we have received not the Spirit of this world, but the Spirit who is from God, the Holy Spirit, that we might know the things that have been freely given to us by God. These things we also speak, not in words which man's wisdom teaches, but which, here it is, the Holy Ghost teaches... Comparing spiritual things with spiritual. He always brings it back to a spiritual, to the spiritual. All right? But the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. That's why I can, I can talk about something spiritual, and some people are like, oh, that's dumb. Really? Really? Well, you're letting your flesh rise up above your spirit, man. That's what's happening. All right? So calm down, you know? Put the flesh down a little bit. All right? We'll make it through this service. Listen. <laughs> but the natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him, nor can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. But he who is spiritual judges all things, yet himself is rightly judged by no one. For who has known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. Yeah. We've got to start using it. Amen. The Holy Spirit teaches us by revealing the deep things of God and the things that God has freely given to us through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, now of course, God's taken for granted that if someone is born again, that you're going to love the Lord. Are you hearing me? You're going to obey the Lord. Jesus said, if you love me, you're going to obey me. Amen. The Holy Spirit is our teacher, is the revealer of the blessings of God. The Holy Spirit's job is this. He wants us to take advantage of every benefit through Christ. Amen. He doesn't want one thing to be left. Go to John 16. I'm running you through the word today like on a treadmill. Here we go. John 16. John 16. Verse 12. This is a passage that really strikes a chord in my spirit. John 16, 12 through 15. Jesus said these words. He said, I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, the Holy Spirit has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own, own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. Meaning the father's telling the Holy Spirit what to say. That's all that's saying right there. And he will tell you, or show you things to come. He will glorify me. The Holy Spirit always glorifies Jesus. For he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore I said that he will take of mine and declare it to you. So this passage, I love this passage. Can you imagine the disciples? Jesus, you know, they're all ears. They're sitting around this campfire with some s'mores. You know, they're having a great time, right? And Jesus said, guys, listen, there's so many more things that I need to tell you, but I can't right now. Can you imagine the look on their face? Like, What? Come on, tell me, tell me a little more. But no, Jesus said when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to tell you all about these things. I love that. 
When, when the Holy Spirit comes, he will guide us into all truth. He said the Holy Spirit will glorify him, Jesus, and reveal everything that belongs to us and reveal it to us. All right? That, the Holy Spirit wants, to, wants us as Christians to take advantage of the new covenant. Or else, why did Jesus die? Why did Jesus get beat? Why did he go through all that for nothing? When you take advantage of every blessing through Christ, guess what? You're bringing glory to Jesus. Are you hearing me? When we walk in those blessings of the new covenant, it glorifies Jesus. Now, here's what really gets me spiritually hungry for more revelation. And this is what I've been praying regularly. Heavenly Father, this is what I've been praying in here as I've been walking around and everywhere. Heavenly Father, whatever Jesus wanted to tell, whatever Jesus wanted to teach, whatever Jesus wanted to reveal to his disciples, but he didn't have time. He couldn't do it at that time. I said, Heavenly Father, I want the Holy Spirit to teach me those things. Are you following me? I want, anybody here want to know those things? Jesus is saying that the Holy Spirit is going to take the Word of God. This is what he said. He said he's going to take the Word of God and he's going to expand it to you. He's going to explain it more to you. The Holy Spirit never shifts off the foundation of the Word. You understand that? The Holy Spirit never shifts off the foundation. But what Jesus was saying was, when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to explain it to you in further detail. And that's the detail I want. Amen? And I'm not going to stop until I get it. Amen? Now, so we, but here's what, here's what we got to do. We must desire it. We must pray and ask God for that. Amen? We must be spiritually hungry enough to ask, seek, and knock. If you're not, forget about it. Forget about it. We need to invite the Holy Spirit to give us deeper revelation, a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. That's what Ephesians chapter 1 talks about, right? That was Paul's prayer to the people, the Christians in Ephesus, right? And we can pray that same prayer. That's an anointed prayer. Amen? So we need to invite the Holy Spirit to give us deeper revelation of the Word of God. But just remember, the Holy Spirit's never going to violate the foundation in the Word of God. He won't do it. All right? Y'all, are y'all with me still? Come on, hang with me here. All right? Now, here's a key uh, for, to receiving revelation from the Holy Spirit. He reveals it to our spirit. Some of y'all need this. He reveals it to our spirit, not our brain. The Word of God says no flesh will glory. Are you following me? Now listen to me. Which means that we need to maintain a spiritual mindset to receive from the Holy Spirit. If you're not in a spiritual mindset, you will not receive. Now here's the, here's the hard part for Christians. You ready for this? We must be able to discern then between the flesh and the Spirit. There's a difference. The Word of God is that sword. The more Word that you have on the inside of you, the greater the discernment you will have that will separate the flesh and spirit. I have people coming to me all the time. How do I know if this is from the Holy Spirit? How do I know this? How do I know this? This this is the age-old question for Christians, right? Is it the Holy Spirit or is it me? Come on. 
The Word of God is a discerner. Hebrews 4.12 is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. It divides soul and spirit. Are you following me? Listen, stick with me here. The teacher is not the only one with the responsibility in the learning process. The student, disciple, or learner must receive what's being taught. He must process, you must process what's being taught. There must be a desire and a focus to receive from the Holy Spirit. There must be an openness to Him. Here's what the Holy Spirit said to me to tell you guys. Ready? I will take you as deep as you want to go in the Word of God and in the spirit realm. I'll take you as deep as you want to go. And here's the thing. It's endless. It's endless. You will never hit bottom. The wells of salvation are endless. Amen? And he said this. He said, I will never force anyone to learn. They must want it. It's kind of like high school, right? In high school, there's kind of a forcing. There's kind of a, you know. But you go to college, the professors don't care. You better be big boy. You better be a big girl. Get out of bed. Set that alarm. And you better be listening and taking notes. Welcome to the club. Welcome to God's college. He said, if you draw nigh to me, I will draw nigh to you. This is why we so many see so many Christians on different levels. So listen, so 1 Corinthians 2, the Holy Spirit makes a contrast be, be, uh, between man's wisdom of teaching and the wisdom of the Holy Spirit. The Word of God says in Romans 8 that the carnal man cannot receive from the Holy Spirit. So we know then you must be in a spiritual mindset. If the carnal man can't receive, well, the opposite is true. You must be in the Spirit. You must have a spiritual mindset, all right? Listen to this. A carnal or fleshly mindset and focus will cause the Holy Spirit to stop teaching you, and it will cause them to stop revealing truth to you. Why? Because your receivers shut off. Your spiritual receiver, your spirit, you, you cut your spirit out with the flesh. All right? It's no different. Here's what the Holy Spirit was showing me when I was writing this. He said, it's no different than if a teacher in a classroom and the students are not paying attention, they're getting rowdy, or they're falling asleep, the teacher will stop to deal with the disrespect and honor, uh, dishonor. He will stop, that teacher, he or she, they will stop to deal, I said, with the disrespect and the lack of honor. We have disrespect and a lack of honor toward the Holy Ghost in the body of Christ. And because of that, our, our disrespect and lack of honor toward the Holy Spirit, it will cause him to stop teaching you. Why? Because it says pride will cause the Holy Spirit to resist you. Instead of uh, investing in you with revelation knowledge, it says if you have pride in your heart, he said, I will not counsel someone who thinks they already have the answer. Listen, but he says he will give grace, unmerited favor to the humble. You know, a humble person, a humble, humble person, they don't think they have it all. A humble person says, man, I'm teachable. Are you following me? We must be humble. We must be meek. 
That word meek, you want to know what that means? It means teachable and submissive. In other words, we're putting ourselves lower than the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is above us. Amen? So the same teacher that stops teaching for a lack of respect and a lack of honor will be, will, can also become the greatest blessing to you if, and, and go up and beyond for that student if that student desires to learn. And all the teacher said? Amen. Is that right? Think about that. Carol and Rob, you guys were teachers. If there's a student that really was hungry to learn, they were respectful, they honored you guys. Didn't that make you just want to be go up and beyond and bless them? Yeah. Same with the Holy Ghost. Yeah. Are you following me? Yeah. The same is true in our relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Bible, listen to this. The Bible talks about the chastening of the Lord for our disobedience in the Word of God. That's New Testament. That's in the book of Hebrews. All right. I'm convinced that a part of that chastening process, that correcting process is this, the silencing of the Holy Ghost in your life. It's kind of like this. You don't know what you got until it's gone. See, David had the chastening hand of the Lord upon him, did he not? After he messed up and did some really bad things in rebellion to God, right? What, what did he, he constantly cried out, Lord, take not your presence from me. Lord, you don't be silent to me. Lord, I need to hear from you. Lord, I need your presence. Yeah. Are you following me? Yeah. So part of the chasing of the Lord includes... His present, him, you're shutting the Holy Ghost out in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost basically says this. You want to do it on your own? Fine. When you're ready for me, I'll come back and, and, I'll, and I'll instruct you. Some of y'all might be having a real rough time. You might want to be checking, did I have a lack of respect and honor toward the Holy Spirit? Was there something the Holy Spirit was telling me to do and I rejected it? You all, you want to get him to come back? Go back to that thing that he told you to do and start doing it. So, and because of that silencing of our teacher, the Holy Spirit, we are in the dark. We don't feel his presence like we did before our disobedience. God resists the proud, but gives grace, favor, strength to the humble. And by the way, that's written to Christians, not to the unbeliever. The unbeliever has no part. They're a child of the devil until they get born again. You're following me? That's to a Christian, to a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. So the presence and ministry of the Holy Spirit many times is taken for granted in our lives. It's like, you know, again, I I just, it just stuck in my, in my mind. You don't know what you have until it's gone. Right? You know, like a spouse who's acting like a a jerk to, uh, to their other spouse, right? Right? You kind of take them for granted and all this. Finally, the spouse says, I'm separating from you. Oh, wait a minute. Wait. Oh, wait, wait. Don't know what you got till it's gone. Why get to that point? Why even get to that point? Be obedient to the Holy Ghost and love your spouse. Amen? Go to Proverbs 1. Someone needed to hear that. Proverbs 1. Proverbs 1. Proverbs chapter 1, verses 20. Powerful passage here. Mm. 
And it says, wisdom calls aloud outside. She raises her voice in the open squares. She cries out in the chief concourses, at the openings of the gates in the city. She speaks her words. How long, you simple ones, will you love simplicity? For scorners delight in their scorning, and fools hate knowledge. Oh, there's a lot of Christians that hate to learn new things. Come on, somebody. Turn at my rebuke. Surely I will pour out my spirit on you, and I will make my words known to you. Because I have called and you refused, I have stretched out my hand and no one regarded. Because you have disdained all my counsel. This is talking about the Holy Spirit trying to give you counsel. And would, would have none of my rebuke. And also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when your terror comes. When your terror comes like a storm and your destruction comes like a whirlwind. When distress and anguish, anguish comes upon you. Then they, then they will call upon me and I will not answer. They will seek me diligently but they will not find me. Because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. Say fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel and despised my every rebuke. See, God is patient. He'll rebuke you once. He'll rebuke you twice. He'll rebuke. Yeah, I mean, he's patient. He's waiting for us to turn. Come on. Amen. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way and be filled with the, uh, the full of their own fancies. For the turning away of the simple will slay them and the complacency of fools will destroy them. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. This passage talks about the wisdom and the fear of the Lord. The Holy Spirit is the one that's imparting wisdom, but we must possess the fear of the Lord. Are you following me? You see in the two different roles there? Holy Spirit gives wisdom, but we must fear Him, reverence Him. Amen? There's a reverence for him. It's uh, it's uh, when mom said you messed, you did something really bad, and mom said, "Dad, Dad's gonna come home. I'm gonna tell him what you did." No, no, don't do that. When we look at sin, that's how we need to think. That's I'm, I'm telling you right. We need we need if we kept that in our thought life. Now God's a good father. Hello, Amen. He's a good father. But you need to keep that in your mind. That, number one, and sometimes, listen, it's not necessarily God uh, coming against you. It's that you open the door to the enemy. Are you following me? You, you, you tapped on the door of the wrong kingdom. Are you following me? You opened a spiritual law in the wrong direction. So, but this is talking about allowing the Holy Spirit to teach us. And the consequences of rejecting the Holy Spirit as our teacher. Real quick, John 5. I'm getting close. Hang on. Don't leave. Wait. Stop. All right. Here, hold on. A... Okay. John 5, verse 19. All right, listen to this. Then Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, the Son can do nothing of himself, but what he, underline it, sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in the like manner. Jesus said he only does what he's seen his Father do. He's talking about on his earthly ministry. Are you following me? 
All right? The one that was showing Jesus what to do, instructing him how to minister to every person, all right, was the Holy Spirit. But it's interesting. It says he only does what he sees the Father doing. So the Holy Spirit, all right, his heavenly Father was in heaven. His heavenly Father was not on earth with Jesus. So obviously it was the Holy Spirit giving him a vision on the inside in his spirit on how to minister to people. Are you following me? It's interesting that Jesus used the word sees because obviously Jesus saw something, not with the physical eye, but with his spiritual eyes. He saw something. He was being shown a spiritual vision in his spirit, or you could say it this way, the movie screen of his spirit in the imagination on how to minister to each person. That's the only logical explanation to that. Some of you are saying, well, you're taking a little, little too much liberty doing that. No, I'm not. Number one, it's not a salvation. Uh, it's not a, your salvation doesn't hang on you, believe in this or not. But Jesus, are you following me? It's not a salvation issue. But obviously, Jesus was being instructed by the Holy Spirit on how to minister. It said he's seen. He only did what he saw the, whole, the Heavenly Father do. There's been times when I've been ministering, and all of a sudden I'll have a vision of to lay my hands on the head or, or to say something, and I follow that. And it was effective. All right? Are you following me? The Holy Spirit will lead us in that same way. All right? Now, can you imagine all the deep conversations that the disciples had with Jesus? Wouldn't that be great? But listen to this. The Holy Spirit said, you can have that same intimacy that they had with Jesus in the flesh with the Holy Spirit on this earth right now. Real quick, go to 1 John 2. 1 John 2. This, this is the deeper things. We're, we want to take people deeper. Amen? I mean, you wouldn't believe how many people who, who've came to me and, and you know, who, who started going here and they're like, I want more. I want to go deeper. I say you're in the right place. Amen? First John 2. First John 2. Well, that was the Holy Ghost because he brought you to the right place. Listen to this. So we need to understand the Holy Spirit is just as personal, just as intimate as if Jesus was teaching us right here in the flesh. Little, chil- little children, it is the last hour. And as you have heard that the Antichrist is coming, even now many Antichrists have come. But which we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they have been of us, they would not have continued with us. But they went out that they might be made manifest, that none of them were of us. But you have, here it is, but you have an anointing from the Holy One. And you know all things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he who denies that Jesus is the Christ? He is Antichrist who denies the Father and the Son. They come as a package deal, right? You can't say you have the Father if you, if you don't have Jesus in your life. Whoever denies the Son does not have the Father either. He who acknowledges the Son has the Father also. Therefore, let that abide in you which you heard from the beginning. If what you heard from the beginning abides in you or remains in you, you also will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that that he has promised eternal life. So we got to obviously abide. We got to stick with Jesus. Amen. 
The word says, work out your salvation with what? Fear and trembling. Every day, every decision you make, you better run it through the filter of the word of God. These things I have written to you concerning those who try to deceive you. But the anointing which you have received from him abides in you, and you do not need that anyone teach you. But as the same anointing teaches you concerning all things, and is true, and is not a lie, and just as it is taught you, you will abide in him. So we know the anointing. We have an anointing from the Holy One. The anointing. Who's the anointing? The Holy Spirit. The anointing that we have received, uh, we have received, abides in us. It says that we don't need anyone to teach us. Now, he's talking about the anointing of the Holy Spirit. This passage is not taken away from Christians teaching you. Some people use that and say, "I don't need anyone to teach me. I got the Holy Ghost." Well, that's not true, because one of the fivefold ministry gifts is a teacher. Are you following me? All right, and really, all five of the fivefold they teach. Amen. This passage is saying this: that if you're born again, you have the anointing, the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, and because of that, you have twenty-four-seven availability to instruction, revelation. We just need to pay attention to it. Amen. Now go with me to Acts fifteen. Acts fifteen. Is this guy ever going to quit? Well, maybe. Well, if you would study it during the week, I wouldn't have to do our sermons. Oh, did I just say that? Oh, my gosh. Boy, that guy, how could he? How could he say that? Did I say that out loud? Oh, it's on camera even. Oh, I love you all. I love you all. Listen, Acts 15, 22, and some of you all might not come back, so i got to take all the liberty I can get here with you. Why, we got you in this place. Listen. Then it pleased the apostles and elders with the whole church to send chosen men of their own company to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas, namely Judas, who was also named Barsabas, uh, and Silas, leading, leading men among the brethren. They wrote this letter by them. The apostles, the elders, and the brethren to the brethren who are, at, uh, are of the Gentiles in Antioch, Syria, and uh, Cilicia. Greetings. Since we have heard that some who went out from us have troubled you with words, unsettling your souls, saying you must be circumcised and keep the law, to whom we gave no such commandment. It seemed good to us, being assembled in with one accord, to send chosen men with you, with our beloved Barnabas and Paul, men who have risked their lives for the name of our, our Lord Jesus Christ. We have therefore sent Judas and Silas, who will also report the same things by the word of mouth. Listen to this. This is underline this. For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. You ever noticed that before? For it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. To lay upon you no greater burden than the necessary things, that you abstain from things offered to idols, from blood, from things strangled, and from sexual immorality. That's a biggie in the body of Christ, huh? If you keep yourselves from these, you will do well. Well, Farewell. (laughs) Now listen. (laughs) The church at Antioch, Syria, and Cilicia were having some contentions about the law uh, in connection with the Old Testament, with uh, Old, Old Covenant, with the New Covenant. You understand? So the apostles had a meeting, and they wrote a letter to those three churches. And that said, and, and this jumped out at me. 
for it seemed good to the Holy Spirit and to us. We are aware what it means to seem good to us, but what in the world do they mean by good to the Holy Spirit? This is a clue in being led by the Holy Spirit. Are you listening? Listen, what it's saying is that these leaders all met to discuss these issues, and here's what happened. They felt a peace on the inside about what they agreed on. Did you notice it separates us from the Holy Spirit? It makes the Holy Spirit a separate person. Are you following me? It's no difference than if two people were standing right here and were talking. All right? A person is defined as one having a mind, will, and emotions. Now, here's the thing I got to bring up. I can't let you go without telling you this. Have you ever set out to do something and you felt an excitement to do it? Man, you were so excited. But there's a lack of peace deep down on the inside of here. Something just didn't feel right. But, But you were excited up here. Come on, somebody. Listen to me. There were conflicting feelings. For it seemed good to us and the Holy Ghost. Listen to me. That is because one was your fleshly desire in your soul, and the other was the Holy Spirit in your spirit. There was a conflict. Listen to me. If if you have a conflict about something on the inside of you, you know who wins? The lack of peace. If you want to avoid heartache, if you want to avoid problems in your life, you better let that lack of peace. I don't care how exciting it is up here in your soul. You You better obey that lack of peace. I can't tell you how many times people have come to me and said, well, I mean, we're excited about this. We're excited about this. And I said, yeah, but how do you feel down here? Eh. Eh. Obey the, eh. I'm telling you, it will, uh, it will save you money. It will save you heartache. I'm telling you right now. There's a reason why you're feeling the, eh. Why? Because the Holy Spirit knows and you don't. The Holy Spirit sees ahead. See, that's John Bevere has a book. It says, and he says, something can be good, but it might not be God. Are you following me? You better follow God. Forget the good. Because God has better. Amen. Let's stand up here real quick. You need to stretch. Hallelujah. Stacy, where are you? I'm going to go change. This is the time. Whoever's getting water baptized, go change. we got about seven minutes. If we're not back in seven, just wait longer. Okay? <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Oh, and go get the kids.